Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the American Football Podcast with myself, Vernon Kay, and the one and only Darren Fletcher. Darren, it's been a great week. It's been a fantastic week. Uh, but this weekend, something different, something alternative, something that we have done before, but not on this scale, is going to happen. Darren, you are flying out to Los Angeles. You're flying out to the West Coast, and you are going to watch live the Chicago Bears versus the LA Rams. What a joy, what a thrill. Are you excited? But let's not go and chat first off on the negatives about trying to upgrade your flight seat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm really glad I'm with you and Crossy because I've been so frustrated today about the flight. But as you say, British Airways, they are what they are. They'll do what they'll do. But I've never been to LA. I've always wanted to go to the Coliseum ever since. Uh, for two reasons. Ever since I watched Carl Lewis get four gold medals in 1984 in the Olympic Games, and ever since I watched Marcus Allen diving over the pile as an LA Raider in the in the mid 80s. So I'm going to be in the Coliseum. I'm going to watch the Rams and the Bears. I'm going to do the opposite to what you suggested I do last time I went to watch an NFL game live. I'm going to go on my Bears stuff. No! So I'm not bothered. Yeah, I'm going on my Bears stuff. I've wait, wait stop the press. Stop the breath. Ladies and gentlemen, it is official. (laughs) Darren Fletcher, the voice of BT Sports, the man who I've held hands with him now for several years. We've been to Super Bowls together. We're buddies. We're like, oh. He is now officially a Chicago Bears fan. The cheese is in the bin. It's gone mouldy. He's no longer a Packers fan. He's ditched the green and gold. He's going for the orange and the blue. George Hallis is leaping up and down as we speak. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, when I looked in the wardrobe, I've got so much merchandise. you got the you Todd Gurley shirt from the Super Bowl. I've got a Todd Gurley and I've got an, <laughs> a, yeah, and I've got an Eric Dickerson throwback as well. So I got you Rams met the guy. And yeah. you met Eric Dickerson. I know. I know. Oh, you absolute turncoat. <laughs> I know, but what, what, you, what, you've, what you've got to remember is that when we went to the first game at, at, at Tottenham, when it was the Bears and the Raiders, I bought the Brian Urlacher throwback. You did indeed. You so did I've, indeed. I've got, 
I've got that one for Sunday, so I'm nice. going to go Brian Erlacher. We were salivating um, at those throwback shirts, weren't we? Oh, I love them. I love, I love, I love the throwbacks, yeah. I don't know why we buy throwbacks. Surely we should just buy our favourite players and then keep the shirt when, until they retire. And yeah, you're not going to buy a throwback. That's a very good point. But yeah. a, a point on the Bears, and we, we, we talked about this cool. at Tottenham, is you can't find a Jim McMahon jersey. No, no. I, I went to Chicago uh, two years ago. I was actually in the Bears store. At, the, at Soldier Field, and when you looked on the wall, they got all the, the throwback jerseys: Singletary, Ditka, Butkus, Erlacher, Payton. No McMahon at all. And I, I wonder, you know, got me thinking that we have, and you, you're you're big on this because you've always said, you know, the, the Dolphins are still big over here, despite the fact they're not very good. It got me wondering that is is the situation actually that Jim McMahon is bigger in the UK than he is in Chicago and he is in America, that we over here, because he was a real hero in the mid-80s, that we love Jim McMahon, do we actually put him on a higher pedestal than he's in, he has in the States? Because well, over there, you can't get anything Jim McMahon. So yeah. maybe we, we love him more here than they do. Well, is it... it, it I mean, I, I don't know. We don't know because we're not from Chicago, but we've lived and breathed the Chicago Bears since we started following American football. I wonder... You know, it's a possibility. Is there any beef with Chicago Bears fans, the fact that he went on to play for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers? Maybe. You Maybe. Know. Yeah. And he's never been backward in coming forward, has he, with an opinion about individuals or the franchise? I remember, he, you know, he had a massive problem with Michael McCaskey, who was running the Bears at the time over salaries and all that kind of thing. And he was very outspoken, had long-running battles with Mike Ditka, over the way he coached the team. And he was always the one that was out there having his opinion on a, on a pretty much a daily basis about what a bad franchise Chicago was. So maybe they just hold that against him a little bit. But of course, we remember him from 85 and all that and coming to Wembley for the first American Bowl. So we think the world of him maybe a little bit more than they do. Hey, well, maybe you should find out. Maybe, you know, now, now that you're an official Chicago Bears fan in your <laughs> in your Bryant Erlacher jersey yeah. in the Coliseum, an iconic sporting yeah. stadium, not just for the Rams and American football and the Raiders, of course, but just those iconic... Like, Daley Thompson. I know. Daley Thompson in that stadium. Yeah. Won gold. Olympian. Tessa Sanderson. Tessa Sanderson. It's it's the most... The the only time I've been there was when I was working on T4 and we went to see Limp Limp Biscuit, I think it was. Right. At the Coliseum. And uh, that summer, Tessa and I were in the Delano, which is a very nice hotel in Miami. And we, it was before we had kids. It was when, we, you, you know, when you first meet and you ca- try and you try and impress the, hey, let, let's go to, I, I was always like, let's go to Paris because I, I wasn't very well travelled at the time. She, the test said, no, 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 listen, let's go to Miami. Um, I beg your pardon? Let, let's go where? Let's go to Miami. <laughs> and uh, because Tessa, uh, she used to do a lot of work for the catalogues back in the day, right? right. So, so she's very well travelled when she was modelling. So whenever you needed 24-hour sunshine, they would always end up in Arizona because, as we know from experience... I never realised, Vern, that Tess delivered catalogues until now. No, she was... Well, if you flick through (laughs) some of the 90s catalogues, which I'm sure you did as a young gentleman, Darren, you will probably see my wife. Uh, (laughs) And Actually, actually, here's here's another great story. Like, this this is not just the NFL. So Tess did Freeman's catalogue with Cameron Diaz. Right. Right, Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And the girl who was in Saved by the Bell, who was also in Striptease. Remember What's her? her name? No, well, kind of. The tall blonde girl. Uh, our exec right. producer, Simon Cross, is nodding like, like a dog who needs to drink some water. 
Right. Oh, yeah, he's, he's terrible on stuff like that. Crossing. Elizabeth Berkeley. There Elizabeth you go. Berkley, Elizabeth Berkley, there we yeah, go. So they Texas, were on the, yeah. And it was good money then, you know. Was it? It, it? Yeah, it was great money. So what happened was they would always go to Arizona to shoot uh, the catalogue stuff because the light in Arizona, because it's predominantly bedrock, the sunlight, the sunlight bounces off this beautiful red rock around Arizona and it creates right. this really bizarre lighting, which is, you know loved by photographers. So anyway, yeah. I digress. So Tess had done a lot of travelling around America and then she said, well, let's go to Miami. So I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, great. And being a, a, an NFL fan, I'm like, yeah, opportunity to go to Miami, even though it's the off-season, I'll get some merch. That, you know, that's what you and I do. Um, so we went to Miami, we stayed in this lovely hotel called the Delano, and I said to Tess, I said, I'm sure that that guy there is Fred Durst from Lip Biscuit. So we just kind of sat by the pool and he sat next to us, and as you do when you're sunbathing, you, you spark a conversation. I had one of those Oasis lookalike haircuts at the time, with, you know, my visual signature. You might remember the old Lego head. And we just got talking, and we hung out for like five or six days with Fred Durst and uh, his best mate at the Delano in Miami. So, cut a long story short, we're in LA with T4 shooting some random stuff as always. And they say, oh, we're going to go and watch Limp Biscuit. I went, well, I hung out with Fred Durst for quite a while in Miami. Let me get in touch with his record company. So I managed to get a, a message to his record company. And believe it or not, I doffed my cap to them. They actually passed on the message because the majority of the time, those kind of messages get thrown in the bin. And he went, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Come and hang out. And we hung out backstage at the Coliseum with uh, Limp Biscuit and their entourage. So that's how I know uh, the old Coliseum. It took, it, took, it took me ages to get there, but it was worth it in the end, Darren. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you'd have said to me, if you'd have said, who is Fred Durst, I would have said, Serial killer from America. All right. I, I would have yeah, forgotten he uh, was the lead you, singer for Limp Bizkit. Yeah, you know, keep rolling, 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 keep rolling, rolling, rolling. You know, you know Limp Bizkit. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to be in there in the weekend. I can't, I can't, uh, honest, Darren, we, you've got to post lots of pictures. I will get Simon yeah, to give you the, the fumble uh, Twitter passcode. Uh, yeah, and you've I got to post loads of pictures because that game is going to be mega. It yeah, really I, is. Yeah, I, but both of I mean, both of Struggling, aren't they? I mean, I think the yeah. loser is is out. I think the winner clings on to some faint hope that the Vikings or somebody crashes and burns in the last three or four weeks of the season. But I think it's a must-win game for both of them at this stage of the year. I hope the Bears run the ball better than they have. I hope that Trubisky's, you know, playing with his eyes open rather than closed. But I think there's a you know a problem for the Rams as well. I don't think they've been anywhere near as good as we expected this why, year. Why is that, Darren? Why? I don't know. I just think they don't run the ball well enough. I think I think Todd Gurley is more injured than um, Sean McVay or anybody on on the Rams coaching staff is prepared to say. He's gone from being the most explosive running back, or certainly in the top three in the NFL last year, to being nothing more than a journeyman. But why this would you? Year. Why why would he not be transparent about Todd Gurley's injury? Don't because know. the pressure at the end of the day know. is going to end up on Sean you know McVay's shoulders. Do you know why? I think it's because they gave him the contract extension earlier than they needed to. So from a business standpoint, they've made a bad decision. Right. So I, I don't think they want it to reflect badly on the franchise that they've paid someone with a degenerative knee issue that's not going to get any better. And they've given him multi-millions of dollars, which now means, and again, you say why they're not as good as last year. They've now lost a couple of offensive linemen because they can't afford to pay them because they paid Brandon Cooks and they paid Jared Goff and they paid Todd Gurley, and now they're going to pay Jalen Ramsey, but there's not enough money now to build an offensive line that Gurley can run behind, so they've got a lot of problems. I mean, you know what it's like. They're moving into a, a brand-spanking new stadium in Los Angeles that Stan Kroenke's building for them, 
And if you are an LA franchise, you need superstars. So the Rams have built the team around superstars who people can associate with and they want the glitz and the glamour of Gurley and Goff and Cooks and all this kind of thing. But I think the fundamental issue now with the Rams, they've not got enough offensive linemen to make the offence tick. So I think it may well be an issue for them moving forward, certainly in the short term. I've actually dropped Todd Gurley this week. I've Have dropped, you? I've dropped him for Brian Hill of the Falcons. Wow. That's yeah. a big call. No, I, I would have traded. I, I would have traded for him. You know, I would have. We need to speak more. We need to speak more. <laughs> yeah, There's but, conversations right, well, wait, that we wait, can wait, have. Wait, 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 wait. Let, let, I'm going to let the fumbleites know. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let the fumbleites know. So, Very fair offer. This. No, it's not. It's it is not, in no, more ways than one. Wait. Let, well, uh, for, let's put the offer to one side, Darren, and let's talk about how you do business. Okay. Yes. Now, Darren Fletcher is the fantasy football equivalent of a damn good double glazing salesman, all right? He comes in with an offer that you think you can't refuse. It looks you've not, superb. You've not, you've not dropped purpose. him. I'm just looking to try and pick him up. You've no, I have. Dropped no, him, no, no, not dropped him. He's, 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 not, he's on the bench, sorry. Oh, right, yeah, OK. He's on the bench. I, so right. I'm playing Brian Hill, which I think is, is, is a good move because De- Devontae Freeman looks like he's going to be out for two weeks, so he's going to yeah. be their number one back. Anyway, yeah. so Darren says, listen, this is the offer. And you think, oh, my gosh, look at that player, look at that player. For this player, that's actually not a bad, bad trade. And then you look at the the fine print. You look at the little print on the that you look at the facts and the stats, you think, actually, Darren's done me over there. <laughs> He's a very, 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 very tough man to deal with when it comes to fantasy trades. But you've done some crackers this week, Darren. Yeah, I've traded Leonard Fournette um, for uh, Devante Adams of the Green Bay Packers. Because you're well, lacking a receiver, right? Yeah. Well, we're getting to the stage of the season where I think you need explosion. You need players on your on your on your fantasy team now that can get you twenty points, thirty points. The ones that can have the big week. I think it's difficult for a running back to do that at this stage of the season. Mm. I don't think you get those big explosive days necessarily from the running back, but you do the wide receivers. Worked for me last year, so I've managed to put a roster together now where I've got DeAndre Hopkins and Devante Adams on the same team. Alvin Kamara, Russell Wilson. So I've got a good team now heading into the playoffs. Let me ask you, I've got Golden Tate as well from the Giants, who's been brilliant in the last couple of weeks. Do you want to trade me Todd Gurley then, if you don't like him? For? Well, I don't know. You have to have a look at the team. (laughs) You see, I told you. What is he like? Uh, I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Bear in mind, he's got... I'll, I'll, I'll trade you for Murray at the Saints. All right, well, all right, easy, easy. Let, let's not do this 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 trade business whilst we're we're recording the fumble, Darren. Let's do this in, in our own private but look, time. There's, all right? there's a because I know be right asked. now people are yelling at their at their iPhones and iPads and all that palaver whilst they're listening, saying, "Do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it." Exactly. Uh, we'll tell you next week whether we did it. All right, just, just quickly, Darren. Let's go back to your trip. Uh, so you're going to go LA. You're going yeah. West Coast. You're going to see the Bears and the Rams. But that's not yeah. the only professional sport that you're going to watch, is it? No, two LA Clippers games. So I'll get to see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for the Clippers. I'm going to see the Lakers on Friday as well. So I'll see LeBron and Anthony Davis. But the highlights of the NFL game. I mean, the, the, the NBA is great. But the NFL is the, is, is, is the sport for me and the sport for you. So I could see 50 Lakers games, but I'd get much more of a buzz seeing one NFL game. I've got to say a massive thank you to our great friends at the NFL UK office, uh, David Tossel, who has made it possible, spoke to the Rams, Made sure we got good seats. Brilliant. Really appreciate that from uh, from the guys there. So really looking forward to it. Iconic stadium. Two really good teams. Really excited. Um, make sure you, I, I, make I, sure you get there early so you can tailgate, Darren. 
I will. Well, yeah, I'm going to do all that. I'm going to do all that. What time um, is it? What time kick off? Twenty past five in LA. It's, it's oh, a Sunday night come game. So, on. yeah, come so on. We're going to try and get somewhere where we can see all the other games in the afternoon and have a few beers and then go into the stadium half cut. And where, watch where, where are you staying? The Rams and the best. Where are, where are you staying? We're staying right by the Staples Centre because we've got three nights at the at the basketball. That's right. So we've got a little Airbnb. Nice. So we're, we're staying in someone's apartment right by the Staples Centre. Me and my mate Lee, and we're going to walk to the Staples Centre three times and then the Coliseum's only a couple of miles down the road. So it oh, should I'm, be good. I'm sure you'll find a sports bar around there where you can you can slide in and, and watch yeah. the uh, the games before the big let, game. Let me just say as well, you were invited too. We did ask you. I know. I, mean, I, don't, I don't want the listeners to think, well, you just bomb Vern out. No, no, We did not. ask you, but he... this is the mad time of the year for tests. It is. Strictly and all that. So you are essentially daddy daycare for the foreseeable. So I am indeed. And also could the, come due to that. The Formula E season kicks off. Exactly. This week. Exactly. So I've got, yes. I've got Dubai and Saudi Arabia in yes. the pipeline, so, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah. so, so Darren, we'll, we'll swiftly move on from your weekend's activities uh there's something that i wanted to talk to you about and we'll come to Go this on. earlier than expected all right yeah um var we've discussed it on the fumble before and in the past okay now this week it's it, it's gone off it really has because the biggest game of the premier league so far so manchester yeah. city take on liverpool and there were two really contentious issues which were supposed to have been dealt with by var now we've said in the past that you've been in the lectures you've been taught you've been told how var is going to be approached on the field and then over in the analyst how do you say it over in the analytical room that they have where they sit down in front of the tellies and they analyze what's gone on First question, all I want is a yes or no. Is VAR working in the Premier League, Darren, in your no. opinion? No. Right. Categorically, okay. no. So, then that leads me on to, why does it not work in the Premier League when they knew it was coming for so many years, but yet in other sports like rugby, like cricket, like our NFL, why does it work and why have they got it right? What is the problem with VAR? And I wanted to talk about this because I've heard so many discussions on Five Live, on Talk Sport, on the news. Mm. And for me, it's really obvious. It's inexperienced handling of VAR. What do you think? What's your opinion, Darren? Because you're, you're on the front line week in, week out. Champions League use VAR, but they use a different system to what they do in the Premier League. So why is the Premier League failing on VAR? I think the big reason is that when you see an NFL instant replay challenge now, I mean, they used to go to a little booth at the side of the screen and go under a hood yep. and away they go. And it would take time. Now, a fella jogs onto the pitch with a, a Microsoft pad <laughs> strapped to his chest and he goes to the referee. So the referee can stand on the field and actually look at the look at the screen, work it out, receive some information from uh, New York as well and make the decision in the Premier League. They're all doing it remotely from Stockley Park. None of the referees are looking at the screens at the side of the pitch. I think there's less ego with an NFL referee than you get with a referee in the Premier League. I think they're all frightened to offend their mate. They don't want to make somebody look bad, so they're not using it in the right way. But I think the biggest difference is you would never get a scenario in the NFL that we had at Anfield on Sunday where you should have had a penalty at one end and then the game goes straight to the other end and the opposition score. Mm. So at that stage, if you overturn the goal for the home team, and you award a penalty at the other end, welcome to World War Three. It would have been Bedlam. So there's no official in the world that would have made that choice, even though it would have been the right thing to do, it's... if you look at the letter of the law. But in the NFL, of course, the game stops. In cricket, the game stops. In rugby, yeah. the game stops. So you've got an opportunity to assess it 
while the game stopped. And I think because you've got a game, I always thought this was going to be a problem. Football is so fluid, it's end-to-end. Where do you bring it back to? How do you stop it? Do you, do you, you lose the actual essence of what the sport is by bringing in technology? And I think in, in football terms, always been, been a big advocate of goal line technology because I think that is cut and dry, goal or not. But I think with the rest of it, mate, just let them referee. I mean, our referees aren't bad at all. I mean, they don't get that many things wrong. No. You can count them on one hand, you know, the, the, the real howlers they make. And I just think they've got to modify the system. Gary Lineker came up with a great idea this week. He said, look, or somebody via a conversation with Gary suggested give them 30 seconds at VAR. If they can't spot it within 30 seconds, it's not obviously wrong, is it? If you've got to go through it with a fine tooth comb. If you can't work it out in 30 seconds, stick with what, what it was in the first place. Yeah. I think that's possibly a good idea. Um, but the NFL are just so much better at working this stuff out. And I think the beauty of the NFL and why it's such a successful league they never introduce anything until they're absolutely sure that it's going to work. They don't take a gamble. Good point. You know, the Premier League have taken a punt on it, taken a gamble. And the NFL are brilliant too, that if a rule is affecting the game, they change the rule mm. because they want the game. The game itself is what matters. And I think in the Premier League, ego and um, opinion and uh, is as important as the game. Is VAR helping the game in the Premier League? No. So change the process. Alter the rules. Change the way you do VAR. Don't damage the sport itself because of the technology. The NFL would never do that. Is it, is it is a part of it the way that the rules are defined by individual referees? It's interpretation. Interpretation, they, yeah. Because look, yeah, at the, look, at the, England, look at the Rugby World Cup, South Africa and England. England knew yeah. that the referee's interpretation of the scrum was completely different to, let's say, Nigel Owens' his interpretation yeah. of the scrum. So they knew they had yeah. to play a different game. The laws of rugby it, are, are yeah, interpretable you, you, in many, you many have, different ways. You, you have a situation here where a rule for me is black or white. You know, the, the rule mm. is a rule. That's why it's there. It's like the speed limit on the road. I mean, that, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't have your interpretation of the speed limit. That is the speed limit, whether you like it or not. I now, think rugby fans, VAR, correct me. Rugby fans are going to correct me here if I'm wrong. But I think that's why it's called the laws of rugby. Yeah, well, the same as the NFL. I mean, an NFL rule is an NFL rule. It's either a catch or it's not. It's a touchdown or it's not. It's pass interference or it's not. I mean, it's black and white. Yeah. And going back to what you said before, Darren, uh, Mm. it's really interesting that you said the NFL moves with the times. The NFL, if it sees a problem, it says, let's change that. And what's interesting is, remember the Rams at the Saints last year? Big, controversial pass interference call, which wasn't called. It cost the Saints the opportunity, some might say, to go to the Super Bowl. Right, the NFL. But has that's changed. the one area, Ver. That's the one area that the NFL have changed it. But that's the one area that's very similar to the way we're interpreting VAR in the Premier League. Yeah. They've left that. That's quite great. Yeah. So just and let we're me not finish. Not seeing many it... pass interference calls overturned because of that. No, and you'll like. You'll like. So therefore, you'll like what I'm going to say is that no head coaches have that opportunity to allow the refs to go and look at a suspected pass interference call. But hardly yeah. anyone has done it. No, because they're not going to get it overturned because they've got that clear and obvious and they've got that 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 grey area where... What, what's, what's the word? What was the word they've been using in the Premier League? I, I can't remember. I, I, Interpretation, definition no, of the law? No, it, 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 was, it was... Oh, I know. Of, uh, uh, whether it's clear and precise or something no, like clear that. No, I, I know the clear and obvious. There, there's clear and obvious. 
There's a ceiling to it. I can't think right. what the word is that they've been using. Threshold. Threshold, it's right. It's a threshold. So they're looking at pass interference now in the NFL, and there is a threshold. So it's making it virtually impossible to get a pass interference call overturned right. because it never meet, never meets the threshold. Right. Because the, the officials don't want to overturn calls all the time because they look bad. Yeah. In the Premier League, the threshold is causing a problem. They've set the threshold that high mm. that you've literally got to be look. You've literally got to be looking the wrong way, and it's got to be so blatantly obviously wrong. Then they'll change it. If it's not, they say well, it's not clear and obvious. Well, I, I don't. It's either right or wrong. So yeah. we've we've taken a black and white situation and made it grey because we're now saying, well, it's wrong, but it's not wrong enough. Well, let, let me <laughs> so, take you, let me take you back to when you had that sit down lecture, that sit down afternoon with the VAR people in the Premier I've League. I've tried to block this from my mind. I know, I know. But when you were in there yeah, and when you all walked out for a coffee break, were people questioning what they'd just heard? Were people looking Turner, at each other saying, we, what's we, all that about? We questioned them to their faces on the day. Right. We, we put these questions to Neil Swarbrick and Mike Riley, who are the two people from the PGMOL, who are essentially the, the, the game managers, the, the heads of the referees and all that. Yeah. They were in there, and, and I was sat next to Martin Keown, and we were firing stuff at them on a, you know, how's that going to work? What are you going to do with this? This doesn't look like it's going to work. And they were adamant that they got it right. They kept saying to us, well, look, we've spoken to the cat On the subject of the screens, and we said, why are you not going to go through the screens? It works in the Champions League. The Premier League captains would prefer us not to do that. Who's officiating the game, the referee or the captain? They don't turn around and say, well, look, you know, Ben Roethlisberger don't want us to look at the screens today, so we're not going to bother. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. You've got to, well, you've got not, to use the, the actual captains of the team. Yeah, so they've got and canvassed the opinion of the clubs and the players as to how they would like VAR to be officiated, and they've taken those opinions on board. I don't think those opinions matter at all. No. I mean, a player doesn't want to be booked for anything. No. So you're asking the wrong people. You've got to you've got to sit down That's with the rule book, interpret how you're going to do it, and then you've got to carry it out with the people like whether people like it or not. I've said it before. Right. I don't think there's enough cameras at a, at a, at yeah. a football game. I don't. This, think... this is this, this is how the NFL would. The NFL don't take what the players think into consideration. Exactly. They think what's best for the game. Play How's the game. the game going to work best like this? Then we'll do it. If yeah. people don't like it, tough. You've got to have to get used to it. I think there we, should be we, more we, people we... at Stockley Park, and I think there should be more cameras covering the uh, the football games themselves. I know there's a there's a handful of cameras, six or seven. There should be more. There should be a minimum of 10 because if you yeah. get 10 you allow one guy to be ultra close up you get one guy on your digital camera which gives you that 3d look which spins around blah 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 i think they should use the hover, overhead camera more often because that gives you fantastic angles and the way that digital technology is being uh, introduced into our tv broadcast there's so much there that can be done really quickly within that 30 seconds that gary Lineker was talking about which would therefore hopefully fingers crossed prevent a scenario like we saw at the weekend where there's a potential handball in one penalty box, it isn't called, and within 20, 30 seconds, there's a goal at the other end. Yeah, I, I say bring over Dean Blandino and Mike Pereira, get rid of Mike <laughs> Riley, and away we go. It works in the NFL, it doesn't work in the Premier League, it works in the Champions League. Are there any other Let's sports that are continuous where, where they do have a digital referee? Where they do have no, a video not that I know of. Not that I know no, of. I don't, I don't think that I know of. I think it's difficult in a continuous sport to have an on-field ref and, a, and, a, and technology. I think you've got to have one or the other. I think just, just referee it from a, a remote situation and press a button whenever you've got to change anything. Hey, I, I don't like it. Our professional footballers should be thankful that they're not professional golfers because there's a couple of professional golfers who have been uh, pulled up 
by incidents or pulled up about incidents by people watching at home and getting in touch with the PGA and the European Tour. Yeah. Because they've well, seen something on telly. Yeah. Well, I, Imagine I, if I, fans I, were their own VAR referee can't and you could ring up the Premier League. That. Can't do that. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> that's unbelievable, crazy. Darren. It's crazy. Listen, let's get back to let's the get NFL. Back. Yeah, so we've done so, that. We've done we've that. We've got no undefeated teams anymore. San Francisco no. lost. It was a great game, by the way, Monday night against the Seahawks. I really enjoyed it. Not a classic in terms of it was brilliant. It was a classic because it was there was unexpected things going on, you know. Kicker gets a 47-yarder to get it to overtime with, as a rookie, and then he shanks one totally to win it in overtime. Fumbles, interceptions, some great plays here and there. It was a great game, but the 49ers lose for the first time, so Seattle have closed the gap in the West, and we've now not got anybody unbeaten in the NFL. So the old Dolphins from 73 have got the champagne out again. Celebrating. Celebrating. Those guys celebrate every year when another team, well, when uh, an undefeated team, the last undefeated team, gets beaten. And I would imagine that Don Shuler and the boys will be popping corks left, right and centre because, once again, it rolls on to another year where the Dolphins are the only team to go through a whole season undefeated. It's a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal achievement. It really is, Darren. But let's talk about those four teams, all right? There's four teams there that I want to talk about. The Ravens beat the Patriots. The Seahawks beat the 49ers. Now, in yeah. that group of four teams, you've got four great teams for very, very different reasons. You've got the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, the future, some people say, of the way that the NFL is going to be played. You've got the old school, and you've got Brady and Bilicek at the Patriots. You've got one of the best offensive uh, head coaches in the San Francisco 49ers, and you've got the best player personnel or player... Uh, head coach relationship with his players in Pete Carroll. Of those four, Darren, do you think that we're going to see any of them in the Super Bowl? I think there's a real chance that you see San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Um, what, did you see, what did you see on Monday night that, even though they lost, what did you see on Monday yeah. night that you think is above and beyond everyone else? I saw a tremendous pass rush. Um, the front of that San Francisco defense is, is outstanding. I saw the ability to make plays down the field. And don't forget, they pushed a really good Seattle Seahawks team all the way without George Kittle, who's been probably their most influential offensive player this year. Mm. They've got one or two issues on the offensive line, so they couldn't protect Garoppolo as, as, as well as they have done um, this season. I, I just look at them and think they were... They were a little bit underdone in terms of the, the personnel they got on the field on Monday night, and they still gave Seattle everything that they could think of. I think from a Seattle standpoint, while they've got Russell Wilson, they've got a chance to beat anybody. And I think if Jadavian Clowney can carry on playing the way he did on Monday night, then that defence becomes a lot better. I mean, that, that might be the best game he's had as a pro. He was constantly in the backfield. He was constantly in Garoppolo's face. That was as good as I've seen Jadavian Clowney as an NFL player. So you can take positives from that. You know, from a Lamar Jackson situation, a Baltimore Ravens situation, they're just a puzzle that people haven't worked out yet this season. So they've got a different way of playing and it's working for them. So I love the fact that they can do that. The team I've got the biggest concern over out the four are the New England Patriots. I just think that they are one or two offensive players away from being able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these guys can play off time. Mm. I know that Belichick will make adjustments and defensively they play Baltimore better and differently, 
But you think back to last year, the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Super Bowl against the Rams. Rob Gronkowski was huge for them. And he's not there anymore. Mm. And they've also lost other people that they tried to bring in. Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon's gone. They're not quite establishing the run in the manner that they were last year. James White has not been as effective as you thought. You know, Edelman and Sanu. Is that going to be enough to get you through the AFC? Well, we, saw it, got we, a... we, we saw it for ourselves, didn't we? In, in, in the Super Bowl. We, yeah. Uh, you know, we were sat there thinking the Rams are going to show up. The Rams are going to show up. But it wasn't the Rams that showed up. It was that relationship between Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. And they, I made don't... One, they made what they had one drive, didn't they? It won in the Super Bowl. Yeah. They had one offensive drive. Exactly. You know? exactly. But, I, but I, Brady's got a go-to. And I think trying to make Edelman your go-to is going to be really, really difficult because I think the way that Edelman, Edelman plays that wide receiver position, he's probably one of the toughest characters in the league. Got to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got to be. And if you play the way he plays, then, God forbid, touch wood, you know, I hope it doesn't happen, but you know for a fact that there's a possible injury around the corner and you can't rely on one man, or Brady can't rely on one man, when, you know, like you say, some of the weapons that he should have aren't there. I, I think you can make a strong case at the minute that, that right now, if, you, if you're doing it in a bubble and you're talking about today, you could make a strong case that Baltimore are the best team in the NFL. Whether that's the case come playoff time, we'll, we'll wait and see. But I think right now, the way that the combination of offense and defense and the options they've got on the offensive side of the ball, I, I think they're as good as anybody now. I mean, you picked them to be your AFC Super Bowl pick before a pass was thrown this year. And that, that's looking like a really shrewd call at the minute. You know, the I, team oh, that I because thought... I think their defense has been there before time yeah, and time has. again. You know, they, and their coach got... has been there before. Yeah, they've got the blueprint the blueprint yeah. written. They look at that. And I think they've scored is it four or five touchdowns this year, the Ravens' defense. And if you can do that... Exactly. Then it just puts... It's obvious. Listen, what, Vern, what do we say? Look, what do we say? Defense Listen, you wins get championships. The... Yeah, well, you get to the playoffs. You get a January. I don't care who you are. You win a Super Bowl by running, when you get to the Super Bowl by running the football and playing defense. Yeah. And they do both of those things. And we often make the mistake, and NFL fans make the mistake, if they get to this stage of the season, they look at who the best team is now and say, oh, they'll win the Super Bowl. So you need a team that can play defense and a team that can run the ball. San Francisco 49ers fit that mold. Mm. They'll run it all day long with Tevin Coleman and Matt Breeder, and they'll play defense. Baltimore will play defense and run the ball. Kansas City can't run the ball and they can't stop the run. So they've got a problem yeah, they've massive. got to solve by playoff time. The Philadelphia Eagles aren't running the ball as well as they need to run it. Dallas can't run the ball as well as they need to run it. The Packers can run the ball, but now they've stopped playing defense. And the so Saints lost of, to, the, to the Falcons. The Saints lost to the Falcons. <laughs> and and the, the Saints, by the way, have no downfield threat. So they can't throw the ball down the field. So you can play the Saints in the box. Mm. So th they've got to try and open up their offense if they're going to win. Let, let me, I normally do the numbers later on. I want to do them now if I can. Yeah, go for it. I, all I get my excited. numbers today all right, are so, Lamar Jackson numbers. All right, let me, let me explain. So every week, if this is your first fumble uh, listen, every week Darren pulls out numbers from, I mean, he only knows where, but we've got some fantastic statistics for you. So sit back, take them in. You're going to need to take a deep breath because some yeah. of them, more often than not, make you just go, hang on a minute, Darren. Well, what did you just say? So where are yeah, we starting off? You mentioned these, Lamar Jackson. These are, these are all, I've got five different categories. Okay. And they are all related to where Lamar Jackson is in, in, in kind of the history of the NFL through his first 16 career starts and right, the I'm, comparison. I'm ready. Okay? I'm ready. Let's go. So after 16 career starts, Lamar Jackson has 13 wins. 
Patrick Mahomes has 12 wins. Rushing yards through his first 16 career starts. Lamar Jackson has 1,258. Hall of Famer Ladanian Tomlinson had 1,236. He's got more yards on the ground than Ladanian Tomlinson after 16 games, right? His passer rating is 94.4 after 16 games. Tom Brady's was 90.1. His yards per attempt, which is the average his, his passers go down the field. Lamar Jackson, 7.6 yards per completion. Aaron Rodgers, 7.5 yards per completion. Completion percentage after 16 starts. Lamar Jackson completes 63% of his passes. Drew Brees was completing 61% of his passes. So he's got more wins than Patrick Mahomes, more rushing yards than LaDainian Tomlinson, a better passer rating than Tom Brady, better yards per attempt than Aaron Rodgers, and a better completion attempt than Drew Brees after 16 games. So anybody who wonders how well this fella's doing in the NFL, that tells you. I think that's astonishing. Mind blown, Darren. Yeah. So you've compared him, apart from Patrick Mahomes, you've compared him and Aaron Rodgers. To four Hall of Famers. Four Hall of Fame you know players. That, you know that Rodgers and Brees are going in, of right? Course. So Of course. Uh, the fact that he's got more rushing I'm yards ready. than Ladanian Tomlinson blew me away. That's <laughs> unbelievable. No, yeah. no, here, here, I've said in the past that I don't like this kind of quarterback because it's difficult for a physical quarterback, a guy who runs, who gets out the pocket often, a guy who scrambles a lot, who got, a guy who has it inbred in his game embedded in his game to run the ball. Those quarterbacks don't last very long and the first person that pops to my head although not as good is Robert Griffin III who's now the backup at Baltimore. Right? He tried to play that game and it wasn't sustainable. Do you think it's going to happen to Lamar Jackson? <laughs> I don't know, is the answer. I mean, I, He plays I, a tough game of football and I he's know. got nimble feet. And, I, I, you know, know, we've watched the game for, for almost 30 years now, Darren, and I don't think I've seen as good an athlete with lighter feet No, he, he, he's guy. unlike anybody I've seen play quarterback. But you just don't know how much it's going to take a toll on his body. And what I would say as well, there's a guy at the minute playing quarterback for LSU in college. And LSU beat Alabama last weekend called Joe Burrow. And he's going to be a first-round pick this year. Mm. He's actually older in his final year in college than Lamar Jackson is. So he's actually younger than a guy that's in the Heisman race this year. So, I mean... Hang on, say that again. He's young. So Joe Burrow, the starter for LSU, who's still in college, he's actually older than Lamar Jackson, yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about a very young athlete um, as well. So... Everything that he's doing, he just kind of adds to the mystique that he's he's just this complete phenomenon, really. Oh, I mean, I, he's... I think I think I mean the way that he the, the way that he run through Cincinnati at the weekend was just outrageous. Yeah, it he's was only twenty two. Twenty two years, twenty two years old. Unbelievable! It's, it's mad. And he's I like I, I like the know, fact I mean... he's got great vision as well, Darren. He knows he he. I think. Harbour has changed his game from as soon as you panic, run, to, okay, you're panicking, assess the situation, go to your checkdowns, and then run. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think he's, I, he's become a lot calmer in the pocket. It's between him and Russell Wilson, for me, for league MVP. And, and I, whoa, whoa, I, I, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm, 
Russell Wilson? Yeah. It's what about Christian Russell McCaffrey? Wilson and, no, no. A running back won't get it over a quarterback. Those, those two are playing at such a level in the quarterback position. There's so much more to that. I mean, that's the defining position of an NFL team. Hang on Christian a minute. McCaffrey, Hang on a minute. Christian McCaffrey has to break Eric Dickerson's record to get the MVP over those two. And, and as it stands, he's on track to do so. Well, he's on track to break the combined yards. He's got to break the, the single-season rushing record. There's no way that a running back gets it over a quarterback unless it's a, a ridiculously exceptional season. It's got to be 2,200 yards on the ground alone if he's going to get that. Yeah, I don't, because... think, there, I don't think there's any defensive player as well that stands out this season no. who's really making an impact on the game as no. big as those three names that we've mentioned, Jackson, Wilson and yeah. Christian McCaffrey. And it's amazing, Vern, that there are a lot of similarities between the two of them, that they both... They both can they both can drop back and pass the ball in an orthodox way if that's what they want to do, but both of them are also extremely mobile in the pocket. I mean, obviously, Lamar Jackson is probably athletically more gifted than Russell Wilson, but then Russell Wilson brings the knowledge and the leadership and the know-how. And, and but both of them seem to be very similar in the way they approach the game. That they've got very mm. short memories. By that, I mean that if something goes wrong, they put it behind them really quickly. And I think we've got I think we've gone from the days now where you either want a, a drop-back quarterback or you want a mobile quarterback. I think these days, they're coming out of college and they can do a bit of everything. I was listening to Trent Dilfer on another podcast uh, the other day. He was talking about Tua at Alabama. Yep. And he said that all, of all the quarterback prospects he's analysed since he's been doing that job, he's the best that he's ever seen. And you're talking about Andrew Luck being in that discussion. You're talking about these guys being in that discussion. And he says that Tua at Alabama, as a college player, when you look at what he does, his fundamentals and his athletic ability and the total package, that he's the most talented quarterback that he's seen come out of college in all the time that he's been assessing them. So there could be another very special one on the way. And he's another one that is mobile in the pocket. He's got the arm. I mean, you've gone from a situation where you looked at high school quarterbacks and they were tall, 6'5", gangly, with a rich dad. Right now, <laughs> true. Now yeah. they're the best athlete on the team. Yeah. So the mindset of the high school coach is not now. Well, let's get the six foot five inch rich kid and we'll turn him into a quarterback. Now the idea is, who's the best athlete on this roster? Because you're going to play quarterback. So we're getting extremely athletically gifted players coming into the NFL at quarterback. And uh, there is no one more athletically gifted at the minute than Lamar Jackson. So, and, and as we know, once the NFL sees a trend. Once the NFL sees something different occurring on a regular basis, i.e. Yeah. Tua at Alabama, Lamar Jackson, uh, Russell Wilson started this new generation off, shall we say. We'll just, we'll just say that it started there with Russell Wilson being drafted in from, I think it was Wisconsin, right? Yeah, yeah where, where he won. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean yeah. so, the guys so, won everywhere. So therefore, Darren, if this new breed of quarterback becomes the norm, the knock-on effect of that is we're going to need more mobile defensive linemen. I well, think I think that that physical specimen that is basically a big lump, you know, a big lump of meat and flesh. I think that will disappear, and we'll start to see more defensive linemen at nose tackle built like our very own FA Obada. I think you're going to see this across the board. I think that if you look at if you look at the offensive line position of the NFL now, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a dominant offensive line. The Dallas Cowboys have a dominant offensive line. I would challenge anybody else to give me a dominant offensive line apart from those two in the NFL. And I think the problem is now that 
they don't run the ball as much in college as they used to. So the the, the, the days of the big road grader offensive linemen, I think they're moving to the past. I mm. think now you're getting more nimble, athletic offensive linemen mm. who can operate with a more mobile quarterback. So yeah. I think we're going to see a real transition of that position in the NFL to cope with what's coming out. I mean, you can't have a, you know, a, a gigantic run blocker who can't move very well when Russell Wilson's your quarterback because you've got to move the pocket and he's got to go with it. So you need an athlete at left tackle, an athlete at right tackle, two guards and a center. They've got to be able to move. So I think they're going to get slightly smaller, more athletic. The quarterback will be more athletic and quicker. And I think the game is going to be modified now to the point that we don't recognize it. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting Very. because we know that the Americans like to be entertained. They like points. They like the touchdowns. They like they like uh, they like the NFL to look like a game of Madden. Let's be honest. But lots the of rules have made that, haven't they? Madden's yeah. great. I think Madden's why they changed the rules. I think Madden's so successful. They want an NFL game now to look like a game of Madden. They want the athletes to be able to do what the video game can do. So they've made the rules accordingly. So there are things you can do now and things you can't do, and it's all geared towards speed, athleticism. Less physicality, you know, it was always oh. such a physical game. Oh. I know your 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 the antithesis to what you oh. see in the NFL. I know, oh. I know. But I, I think we're onto something. Yeah, and it's the hundredth season this year of the NFL, and and I think the way that the game keeps progressing, you know, like we we mentioned with the VAR stuff, you know, it, it it's now established, it's there, it's a great tool to use. Uh, very few, even though some might say there's been several NFL issues. Uh, regarding referees this year, but at the end of the day, they do it right, they do it proper, and it's embedded in the game. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Across the field and it's intercepted. And it's going to be a pick six. We'll go back to MVP, Darren. We mentioned it there, but let's do it in pick six, all right? So pick six, we have six questions, three for me, three for Darren, and we uh, fire questions at each other. I do believe this week, Darren, you are going to start off. I am. So just to kind of pick up on where we were, um, you said the Ravens would win the Super Bowl. Are you now definitely buying it? I am. I am. And only quickly because we spent a lot of time talking about Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go all in on the Ravens, not because of Lamar Jackson. I'm going in on the Ravens because he's got a defence that can complement his game. He's got a defence that can put him on the field. And if you have a weapon like Lamar Jackson on the field constantly running the clock down, scoring touchdowns, wearing down the opposing defence, that's how you win Super Bowls. So, yes, I'm going all in on the Ravens. 
Okay. All right, here's one for you, Darren. Uh, MVP race, we mentioned that as well. However, you mentioned, or we mentioned, three offensive players. We mentioned Russell Wilson, we mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and we mentioned Lamar Jackson, who you think is the guy, along with Wilson, who will pick up the MVP trophy. Let's forget them. Who would be your MVP if only defensive players were allowed to pick up the trophy? And let's be honest, it very rarely happens. Oh, the obvious one straight away, because he plays at such a consistently high level. Is, is Aaron Donald. I mean, it's hard to look away from Aaron Donald, but a defensive player that's really caught my eye this year and has made a massive impact on his team is Minka Fitzpatrick, who was traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Pittsburgh Steelers at a time when they looked like they were done. And he's come in, and I think he's got something like five interceptions since yeah. he's been there. Yeah. You know, he's taken, it, he's taken them back for touchdowns. He's totally changed the way that Pittsburgh play defense. They've got TJ Watt rushing the passer, which is speeding everything up. And then you've got Minka Fitzpatrick playing safety in a manner that Ed Reed used to play for Baltimore. I think he's got a real chance to be NFL defensive player of the year. The deal that was done at the time was criticized in the US because everybody was saying, well, they need the first round pick to replace Ben Roethlisberger because they're rebuilding. Mike Tomlin's doing a brilliant coaching job. Roethlisberger's going to come back next year. And all of a sudden, the Pittsburgh defense has their new Troy Polamalu. So I think Minka Fitzpatrick of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now would be my defensive player of the year. And if it was just an MVP race without offensive players, he'd be the one, I think. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. OK. Here's one, one to you, mate. Uh, 100 years old, the NFL, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, which we should do a whole 100-year nostalgia show, I think, in the, in the coming weeks. But I want to know which character from 100 years of NFL you'd like to hang out with for a day. Oh. Oh, man. There are so many. Honestly, yeah. and, and, and it's such a wet answer, you know, but there are so many because growing up watching football, first game, 85 Super Bowl, Bears, Patriots, the NFL has been filled with characters, but I've always been a defensive admirer. I've always been a, like defensive backs and free safeties were the, were the players for me who I just loved because that's when you could take someone's head off with your shoulder pads. And there are a couple of players that did that and did that very, very well. One of them being Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott to me was, is the antithesis of what a free safety should be. He could read the game because he played cornerback. He was then moved to free safety and he brought a physical presence that made wide receivers, tight ends, running backs think twice when they caught the ball. They thought, firstly, I've got to catch this. Secondly, where the heck is Ronnie Lott? Because he's going to take me out and it's going to hurt. And I think when you have that <laughs> psychological element to your game, it, it's a game changer. And we saw that with Icky Woods in the Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it was the Bengals' second or third drive. And Icky Woods ran the ball up the middle. Ronnie Lott literally fired him five yards backwards. And that was it. Icky Woods was out of the game psychologically. He just didn't want to play the rest of the game and I, and for me I think that's one part of that Super Bowl that won the 49ers the game I think yeah. that's I would just sit down with him and say Ronnie talk me through the game talk me through the coverage talk me what you learned at college that you were able to transfer into the NFL because there are some skill sets in college that work that don't transfer to the NFL uh, and I think it's getting a grasp of that as a player that makes you the full package uh, so yeah it would be all the DBs and obviously John Lynch uh, 
at Tampa Bay and when he played for Denver, he was one of the best at hitting people. Steve Atwater as well. Another you know one. what a nice that with Steve Atwater, though? Do you ever spend a day with him? No, I know. I but... get the Ronnie Lott. Not Steve Atwater. No, but Steve Atwater was, was, was another physical player. Another guy well, he that was, ruined but... He ruined another running back's career. Once he 100 years his... of NFL. You're not I know, spending a day with Steve Atwater. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. You but could I'm be just... with Vince Lombardi. I'm just... Out no. choosing Steve <laughs> Atwater. What's the matter with your kid? I'm just telling you the guy what? who I had Admired as a kid. Well, it, look, if, if we're going to take anyone out of the 100 years of the NFL, you've got to sit down with Vince Lombardi. Well, yeah, I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay in bed all day and I'm going to go out with Lawrence Taylor. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all day in bed getting ready. And I'm hey, do you know what, Darren? Darren, let's right. draw a line under that question and let's move on, OK? <laughs> Yes, go right, on Right, so there's a lot, of, a lot of stories in the news about Colin Kaepernick. He's getting his yeah. own mini personal combine at the weekend. We're recording today on a Wednesday. Saturday, Colin Kaepernick is going to sit down in front of 32 representatives from the 32 NFL teams and he's going to do a tryout. He's going to do his numericals and he's going to do some uh, dropping back in the pocket. He's going to launch some footballs. Is there any point Colin Kaepernick doing his own personal combine, Darren? Well, I hope so, because he should be in the NFL. And I think the way he's been treated is a disgrace. Um, he's certainly good enough to be an NFL starter. It's it's a million percent that he should be on an NFL roster. Um, and I think that the way he's been treated by owners and by the league in general is, is a travesty. I think it's a waste of his talent. And I think um, he deserves the opportunity to showcase for the teams. I don't think he should have to showcase for the teams, because I think everybody knows that his talent is there. He, he led the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl and he nearly won it late on against that really good Baltimore Ravens defence. Mm. And I think that, you know, the fact that he's been kicked out of the league essentially for what he believes in is, is a joke. And I think other, other NFL players have been treated badly in that regard as well. Um, I also, I've read one or two bits about this this week. I think he's requested it to be on a different day, which there is no issue with that. Yeah, the NFL has said, no, you've got to do it when we say... So even now, there are one or two roadblocks being put in his way. I really hope the guy gets back in the league. I'm a Bears fan. You're a Bears fan. If I had the choice of Mitchell Trubisky or Colin Kaepernick, I would drive Colin Kaepernick to Soldier Field. He's so superior. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to get by on Mason Rudolph. They'd be in a much better situation with Colin Kaepernick. He's just better than a lot of people in the NFL. He's an exciting player. Um, and I think I, ju I just think it's it's time to get him back in the league and, and let him do his thing. Do you think Do you think, Darren, that the NFL has got Lamar Jacksonitis, and they've watched him play and gone, you know what? There's a guy who can play similarly. Maybe I also think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that need a quarterback too. Mm. <laughs> they look in there thinking, okay, we might go for Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, uh, Jameis Winston. They're all going to be on the market at the end of the year. Got to put Colin Kaepernick in the mix as well. Um, mm. And he's still young enough to make an impact. Yeah. I, I think it's a shame. Uh, once okay. you're then, Vern, you're out. You're going to be out there in Dubai. Yeah, um, I'm, ho I'm hosting another Hero Challenge. Uh, our little, our little uh, 100 yard golf shot uh, competition for the European Tour. I'll be out there doing that on Tuesday in Dubai. So you've got to, you've got to try and work out how you're going to watch the games. Which is the one game you don't want to miss this weekend? Well, we've talked about them a lot, Darren, and it's got to be uh, the Texans-Ravens because I've got Deshaun Watson in my fantasy team and I think if the Ravens can deal with the Texans' offence, 
then I think we are looking at potential Super Bowl attendees in the Ravens because they're explosive. DeAndre Hopkins is phenomenal. Deshaun Watson is very similar to Lamar Jackson, but not as good in the fact that he likes to run around. So the Ravens will have seen this kind of quarterback day in, day out in practice. They'll know what to do. They'll know how to defend. But Deshaun Watson just has this simple knack of getting the ball into tight spots to his, to his receivers. And I think that's a skill that is uh, underestimated in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks, even though it's one of the big skill sets that they have to have. And I'll tell you who did it well. Did you see Dak Prescott play at the weekend? Yeah, he was brilliant. Oh, my goodness me. We've talked about him in the past saying that he's not accurate. He was putting the ball on the numbers, Darren. Well, he's had enough practice now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he has. (laughs) He has. You're right. You're right. He should be getting there by now. Mm. Yeah, he was great. Listen, I know the last question is you've got some numbers and I've, I've given you some numbers, but I've just hastily, while you've given that answer, found some more um, just to kind of pick up on a point that you made when we talked about the MVPs and you said, what about Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. Adrian Peterson won the MVP in 2012. Through his first 10 games that year, he had 224 touches, 1,283 yards from scrimmage, seven touchdowns and 55 first downs. Compare that to Dalvin Cook this year, 243 touches, 1,415 yards, 10 touchdowns, 71 first downs. So I know there's been a lot of focus on Christian McCaffrey, but Dalvin Cook is is under the radar having a season that's even better than Adrian Peterson's MVP season of 2012. And Michael Michael Cross, the son of our chief executive, (laughs) he's got both of those in his fantasy team. I know. It just shows you don't need any knowledge to win a fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Darren, we've got a question uh, to wrap up uh, Pick 6. This is from uh, Steve Langton. He, is he's... this the two-minute warning this week? No, 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 no. He's tweeted oh. us. Uh, he okay. says, do you think Cam to the Dolphins in the off-season is a green light? No. No, definitely not. No? Do you definitely think Cam's going to stay? No, I think he'll go somewhere else. I think if you're Miami, you've got to take one out of college. You, you, you can't get to this. They've tried this before. They've been looking for the next Dan Marino since Dan Marino. Yeah. So you've now got to go into the draft with a high pick and you've got to use it wisely. You've got to scout these quarterbacks and you've got to get the, the best one available to you at that time. It's no point taking a Cam Newton who's got nine or ten years on the clock, who's lost, I think, nine straight regular season games, by the way, and he's starting to get injured. They've got to rebuild the franchise. They've got to build it through a, a, a rookie quarterback, and they've got to get the right one. A team like Chicago, who are have got a championship defense and they've got decent parts, can plug a Cam Newton in and potentially get to an NFC championship game and beyond. But there'd be no point in Miami get, getting Cam Newton because nowhere else on the roster are they ready to win. So it doesn't fit them and it doesn't fit him. Cam Newton's going to go somewhere where he can win now because the window on his career is closing. The Miami Dolphins have got to start from scratch with a lot of draft picks. They've got to get younger. They've got to get more explosive. And they've got to get a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, who they can build everything around for the next 10 to 12 years. Otherwise, waste of time. It's interesting how Tannehill seems to have turned it around a little bit since he left his Dolphins over there at uh, Tennessee. Uh, By the way, way, he had a good winning record at at Miami as well in a really bad team. You know, Mm. he's an athletic guy. They may well have dropped the ball on that one, Miami. 
Yeah, definitely. All right, two-minute warning. Darren, are you ready? This is a question that comes from uh, the dark recesses of my mind. It's totally unprepared. Oh, we don't want to go there. I know, I know, and I apologise. So, Darren, are you ready? Two-minute warning. Strap yourselves in. Here we go. It's a very, very simple question, all right? And I'm thinking about this because we mentioned 100 years in the NFL. Going back to when you started following the game, is there a moment on telly when we had limited, limited NFL coverage back in the day, is there a moment that still stands out for you? Yeah, that, that puts a shiver down your spine. It makes the hairs on your arms stand up. You still always go back to the moment when you saw whatever you're going to mention, and it just still puts a smile on your face. Then I'm going to go back to November the 30th, 1987. So we were both wet behind the ears in NFL terms. And it's and, and, and life, I'll be honest with yeah, you, Darren. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there is, that, there is that too. There is that too. It's like the Wonder Years now. Yeah. And it's the night that Bo Jackson ran riot against the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. Yes. When he ran over Brian Bosworth. He ran over Brian Bosworth. He took Brian Bosworth into the end zone. He had 221 yards, I think, that night. Did he have a 91-yarder when he ran down the tunnel? He did, yeah. Right. This is it for me. The, when I think about anything, it, it was him. I mean, he was just, he was a phenomenon. And oh, he, he'd gone to play baseball, legend. then he'd come to the NFL to play part-time. And he, he just walked on the field with no training camp and was the best player yeah. in the world. And he'd been playing baseball all summer. Him, when he took Bosworth back, because Bosworth was the big hype train, wasn't he? Yeah, all of yeah. a Bosworth, is he going to be the, the best linebacker in the NFL? Well, he was until Bo took him backwards into the end zone. So, Bo Jackson against Brian Bosworth, that is it for me. He absolutely annihilated him. It's, it's yeah. um, and, and have you seen Brian Bosworth's 30 for 30? Yes. It's, it's one of the most emotional 30 for 30s you'll ever see. Because yeah. it talks about his illustrious college career, the arguments and debates he had with uh, head coaches over there at Oklahoma. And that then, night broke him. That night broke him. Yeah. He yeah. was actually a good NFL linebacker, but he, was. he wasn't the boss after that no. incident with Bo Jackson. A, that, that was the problem. A physical presence uh, in uh, Seattle's defense, and he got totally destroyed. But like he in that, he talks about his, his drug addiction, he talks about alcoholism, he talks about everything. If you haven't seen it, 30 for 30, Brian Boswell's yeah. story is phenomenal. I would just say to you, Vern, that Bo Jackson is the single best athlete I've ever seen. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. Oh, no, no. I think he could have chosen any sport and been the best at it. He was just he was just, just phenomenal. Yeah, damn good player. Uh, mine has got to be... Uh, it's obviously Ronnie Lott-related, Darren. Uh, of course it is. Ronnie Lott uh, against the Giants, took out Mark Bavaro over the middle, which today in today's game would be probably an ejection because he took his head off. A lifetime with, ban, probably. Yeah, with his right shoulder pad. Uh, yeah. And even the commentator said, listen... You've got to be some kind of guy to run into the middle of the field and try and catch a high pass when you know that Ronnie Lott is just waiting for you. Uh, Love it. Iconic. Uh, that's it, Darren. It's been uh, it's been a good one today. I think we've covered a lot of issues, and I think uh, it's been damn good. We've had a laugh. Uh, listen, I want to wish you all the very best uh, for the weekend over there and in Los Angeles. With the hero challenge too. Look, go well with that. I Thank you, you my friend. Events. If you get to go to Hollywood, uh, yes. Barney's Beanery. Okay. Barney's Beanery, just off Melrose. 
And okay, then I've got, that, I've got the script you, you posted, so I'll drop that off as well while I'm there. Good man. Yeah, Barney's Beanery. It's uh, it's a good one. It's where Jim Morrison used to hang out in the oh, 60s and early 70s. Uh, Vern's going to try and get from Bolton with Love commissioned by Steven Spielberg. I'm going to try and get that done while I'm over there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a romantic uh, novel that I've written. Uh, anyway, Darren, all the best. Have a great weekend. And, and you, uh, my friend. Cheers, buddy. As always, this has been a Shooting Shark production. Uh, rate and uh, what's the other word I'm looking for, Simon? What else do people have to do? R rate and review. That's it. And subscribe, of course. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. This was The Fumble. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 